This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Clock update, Mr. Minko. It is Rick Wolf who's along with the Sports Edge program. And then after your nine o'clock update, you know who will be here? Oh, absolutely. Baseball boy. Ed Randall will be by. He'll be talking baseball. <laughs> Did you have something against that high chair? You were just towering over all of us. <laughs> what a presence here you know, in the in the studio. <laughs> Uh, you know, fitting for the uh, the Bob Salter Empire. You know, you should have gotten a picture of that. I should have. Th- there are people here who would have highly appreciated. Oh, that I did. Picture. I took yeah. one. Uh oh. <laughs> Leave it to Rosenhaus. He he got a picture. Excellent. <laughs> he'll, have, he'll have to tweet it. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mr. Minko is keeping us up to date on happenings in the sporting world this morning. I'm Bob Solter. We shift in this hour of our program into a discussion with the president of the Nassau County Police Benevolent Association. James McDermott is joining us on our program. His background is the most interesting one, having worked in uh, law enforcement for a number of years. Um, and he is joining us this hour of our program. We're talking about the work of the Nassau County PBA. We'll also get into talking about the situation with the MS-13 gang problem on uh, Long Island. First of all, it's nice to have you join us on our program. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Many things to begin us in uh, this discussion, but I go back to something I was reading in preparation for our chat today and reading about the situation when your father, who was a city firefighter, uh, as I understand, he woke you up on a a Saturday morning... (laughs) And yes. said, uh, "Come on, you're taking the cop test. Is that right?" Yeah, that's that's what <laughs> happened on a Saturday morning. I was uh, all of 17 years old, so I probably was out the night before. I can't remember that far back, but he, he certainly startled me. Well, did you always want to become a police officer? No, I, I swear to you, I never thought about it until I, that second he woke me up. <laughs> My my sons get a big kick out of that story. They, they, he woke me up. He says, "Come on, get up. You got a test." I go, "It's Saturday. <laughs> You're taking a cop test." I go, "I don't want to be a cop." And here I am, 35 plus years later. What has the experience been like? Well, I started as a New York City police officer back mm-hmm. in January of 1984. I worked in Bedford Stuyvesant, so uh, you know I went right into the fire, mm-hmm. so to speak. So. Uh, as but as a twenty year old, uh, it was cops and robbers back then. It couldn't be any more exciting than it was. I worked with great pe- people. I worked with guys that were 
Vietnam veterans, guys that uh, really knew how to do the job, and they taught me how to do it right. So uh, it, it couldn't have been any more exciting for a 20-year-old, 20 to 24, before I left uh, New York City. Is the field one that, when young people ask you about it today, um, that you recommend they go into it, or do you recommend it with qualification? Well, I have two sons that are 25 about 25 and 23. Um, I have a, a 10 year old son also, but uh, I, I didn't steer either one of them in that direction. Uh, it, the job has gone uh, it, uh, definitely a different a different way than it than uh, it really should have. Uh, it, you know, about the times in the 80s, how it was great, it's not so great anymore. Uh, you're you're being second guessed every everything you do. And everybody has a camera, and they give you a little snippet of what happened in an incident, an incident, and uh, you get judged on it. So it's it's a lot harder than it was, and you know what? You don't get the backing from the um, the public and the media. It's it's it's, it's very it's a very bad situation. As that's what it was. When we talk and, about the um, whole move with. Technology, to go to the first part of what you mentioned about, you know, people having cameras on their phones and the like. Um, The technology, you know, some people will say it can be both a blessing and a curse. Um, Can technology, though, aid police work in a a way that... um, it it uh, was not able to earlier. It certainly can. I mean, you see where uh, body cameras have, you know, police officers are wearing body cameras and uh, throughout the country, and they'll show a, a situation where, where they got a police officer unfortunately had to, you know, use deadly physical force, and they'll they'll show the whole scene. They'll show exactly what happened and what led up to it. So it can work out in that, in that favor, uh, you know, in that, in that light. But sometimes you have just people on the street and they, they you know, they chop it up and edit it and just show, show you what uh, they want to show you. So it, work, it can work for you, it can work against you. And when we talk about the kind of qualifications that one needs to become a police officer, what do you point to? What, what what I think should be, what <laughs> um, it, it it it's more of a character thing. Uh, you know, it's funny when I, I say that I didn't want to be a police officer. I, I remember saying that to my younger sister, who's two years behind me in school, and uh, you know, she says, "Of course you're going to be a police officer." I said, well, "Why would you say that?" And she says, "Oh, you were p- policing the school when you were in school. You didn't let anybody pick on anybody. You, you, you know, I played football in school." You know, me and my friends, you know, we've always protected, protected the, the the weaker kids. We didn't let any bullying go on. You know, it, that that's the thing that a lot of police officers have. They have that mindset to protect. Actually, you know, it sounds, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you know, not true, but it, it definitely is true. You have that in you to try and help people. And uh, most police officers are in there you know, do it for the right reason. Uh, as much as uh, everybody wants to portray them as something else, we, we, we're generally there to help. 
And that's the, 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 what you should have in your character, that you want to help others. How strong a factor is, um, you know, having um, uh, at least some level of higher education, like a college education, how big a factor do you think that should be for police officers these days? Well, you know what? It can never hurt. Um, to, to, you know, the more uh, schooling you have can never hurt you. Uh, but police department, uh, it's, it's a job of common sense. You know, you can have degree, degrees out your yin-yang, but not a whole lot of common sense. You know, it's, uh, that's something that can't be taught. You either have common sense or you don't. I know a lot of smart people that do crazy things, but, you know, hopefully you have both. And typically, how long does it take to become a police officer? Well, I mean, you take the civil service test, and hopefully they, then you get called within a couple of years, and then you go through all sorts of sort of background processing to make sure, you know, that you're worthy of, of taking the job. Once you get past that, you have to go through medical and physical uh, fitness requirements, and then hopefully you get past all that and you go go into the academy, and then the academy is usually six or seven months of training before you get on the street. And not everybody listening to us may be familiar with exactly what a police academy is is like. It's I'm a little bit familiar with this because in one of my other professions, I teach at a college where there's a police academy uh, literally on campus, so I'm familiar with how the academy works. But what's involved with a police academy? Well, I went through two. I went through the New York City Police Academy, and then I went through Nassau. I know all about academies. Um, you know what it is? <laughs> like uh, somebody described it as parochial school, but it's just a little bit more uh, intense. You want you go through all t- sorts of training. Um, you know, uh, you go firearms. You go through. Um, you know, uh, Nassau County. We we, are, uh, we have all sorts of medical training. There's all um, you have to learn sociology. You have to learn penal law. Um, all all different things. You have driving. Uh, emergency vehicle operation and control uh, training. You have to pass tests in that. Uh, you go through uh, fire academy too as a part of it. Uh, it, it it's it's jam packed and it's uh, six months until you know when you go out and field training and you get taught some more. And you know, in the police department, you you can be doing something. You can be on the street for twenty thirty years and you you'll learn something new. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, that job. There's always something that pops up, and you're like, hey, I never saw that before. So you're always learning. And after you pass the academy, how do you then wind up getting placed in law enforcement? Well, once you get through the academy, they, they put you into a, a, a patrol precinct, and you stay there, and you know you can stay there for the remainder of your career. You can branch out into, you know, you could take promotional exams, become a sergeant, lieutenant, captain, and move up the ladder. That way you can become a detective. Um, on my j- uh, job, you can go to Bureau of Special Operation. Uh, that, you know, they're the, the ninjas. They're the guys that go out there with the, uh, uh, that back up the cops. Uh, they, uh, you could go to emergency service, same thing. Uh, all, all different, uh, you know, we have all different uh, details that you you can go into from uh, patrol but patrol is the backbone you know the patrol precinct 
Like when you call 911, that's who you're going to get. And do you get the to pick the location? Uh, generally, no. They, they, they put you in it. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, especially in Nassau County, you know, they base it uh, sometimes on where they live. If you live out in Suffolk County, they're going to want to put, put you somewhere closer to the, the the border. If you live in New York City, they'll you know they'll put you somewhere on the west end of the uh, of the county. But if you live in a the county, they'll put you almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then, what is it that can disqualify somebody from becoming a cop? Disqualify? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, in the academy. You have to mess up. Yeah, you have to, you know, not pass your your test. You have to, you know, not 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 be police material. You know, it, they they break your chops while you're in there. They they don't, you know, they put you through it. It's as much, uh, um, you know, they they work on building you up, and that you know, but first thing I think they they start with is tearing you down before they build you up, and uh, you know, not everybody can put put up with it you know not everybody had a father who was a city farm and <laughs> that made you tough every step of the way you know but in, a lot of us did in introducing you and we're talking with james mcdermott who's president of the nassau county police benevolent association what exactly is the nassau county pba well we are the we also have associate members that are detectives and supervisors too. So we're about 20 officers too. Okay. And when we're talking about the Nassau County PBA, and there are things that we're going to get into in our discussion where some of the people listening to us may want to um, find out more information. Perhaps there are people who want to be in contact with you is there an online resource that they can use you know what uh yes uh what are we uh nassaupba.org uh you can you can always reach through there you can call, call the office 516-294-6230 and get in contact with one of us there too and there are different ev- events that you are involved in throughout the year we, what we do generally is, like when I said, we represent the officers, we, we negotiate contracts, we, uh, we protect the police officers that are involved in disciplinary uh, um, situations. We, you know, we pr- promote the police department, the police officers. So we're, we're, we're involved. We're involved 24-7, uh, you know, 365 days a year. So we'll... It's not like, you know, we're in the office or out of the office. It's a very, very involved job. Mm. Interesting discussion we're having. We're going to take a pause in our chat, come back, talk more with you. We'll get into talking about whether or not there are enough cops on the streets uh, and also get into talking, too, about this whole situation with uh, MS-13. There's a a lot to talk about with that. Uh, Very, very interested in getting your perspective, too. James McDermott, president of the Nassau County Police Benevolent Association, is our guest this hour of our program. After our 8 o'clock update, after your update, Mr. Minko, it's Rick Wolf, who's along with the Sports Edge here on The Fan. This is Bob Solter. We're in discussion with James McDermott on our program. He's president of the Nassau County Police Benevolent Association, PBA. He's joined us in this hour of our program. 
Um, natural question that would come up. I alluded to this before we paused for update and messages. The number of cops on the streets in New York, are there enough? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Are there ever enough? Uh, you know, you brought up MS-13. Uh, you know, there's there in the ranks of uh, 2,500 that we know of in Nassau County. And to, to combat that, we need as many police officers, we need as many detectives, we need as many gang unit detectives as we possibly can, you know, have. Uh, so do we have enough? Uh, I think we, we fall short in, in the detective area. And we can always need more, you know, use more police officers for sure. All right. Let's get into talking about this situation with MS-13, because some of the people listening to us um, may have heard that name, but have no idea, no clue as to exactly what that actually means. First of all, what is MS-13? Well, it's it's a violent street gang, and uh, you know they deal in drug trafficking, human trafficking. They, they uh, you know, it's a a, a gang in which they they recruit uh, from their you know from their own community. They they grab the young kids, and they'll they'll tell them, "Listen, you're you're going to join the gang, or we're going to kill you." So you ha- they have absolutely you know absolutely no choice but to get involved. Uh, they, they've been involved in, you know, very brutal, uh, murders, you know, where they've mutilated, you know, other, uh, other gang members and, uh, and civilians, you know, just recently in Massapequa, they just dug up and found a body of a sec, a second body in a park there, of, um, a victim of, uh, MS-13 gang violence. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, you think in Nassau County, you think of Nassau County, Long Island, you think of the beaches, you think of the North Shore, the Gold Coast, and, you know, you don't realize that they've infiltrated the the area. It was, they were mostly out in Suffolk County, but Suffolk County took a very proactive approach towards the policing there, and they kind of squoze them out of, Nassau, uh, out of Suffolk County and into Nassau County, where... Now we're dealing with it, and uh, you know we got we got our hands full. All right, I've got to ask the question because I, I'm curious about this, and I was curious very first time I heard about this situation. Why? I mean, this is a, a gang that, as I understand it, formed back in the 1980s, um, and really, when I had heard initially about MS-13, I was hearing about this basically on the West Coast. Yeah. How did MS-13 get here? Or is that a stupid question? Well, you know what? Yeah, I, I don't want to get into to it, but I have to, I guess, that, you know, when, you know, you know, people are coming into this country illegally, they're not just going to the West Coast. They're going, they're going to everywhere. And New York is one of the destinations. And, uh, you know, this is a, a Salvadorian gang. They, they come here, they have their roots, they just they start new chapters wherever they land. And unfortunately, they've landed here in Nassau County. And when we're talking about, um, you know, a situation where 
in Suffolk County, there was an aggressive approach you said was taken. Yep. Um, the natural thought would be, are information resources on situations like this shared between Nassau and Suffolk County law enforcement? Oh, absolutely. You know, we're, we work with uh, Suffolk, we work uh, with the city, we work with the federal government, we work with the state. Uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's it's an everyday problem, you know, and, uh, you know, we're dealing with people worrying, uh, worrying about, you know, uh, people's, you know, civil rights, which, of course, you have to worry about, but more so than what they're actually, you know, they're actually doing. This is a, a violent gang. They, you know, they, they don't think, think twice to kill somebody. They'll kill one of your family members and not, not lose a second of sleep over it, but everybody seems to be concerned about them, which is very disheartening. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those situations. You're not just fighting the gang. You're fighting every, everything else that, you know, everyone else that's worried about, you know, you know, uh, you know, you had the president of the United States call them animals and then you have people defend, you know, defending them, you know, saying, Oh, that's wrong that he called them animals. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think when you, you brutally murder people and you hack them up with machetes and they're animals, I, I agree with the president on, in that, you know, in that case, I agree with anybody that, that says that these people, or you know, or have given up the, the right to even be called people when they when they decide to kill, you know, kill others in a, in a manner like that, and ju and just be involved in, in, in you know in a life of crime. You know, one of the things that we're hearing more and more um, in reports in this area are about attacks on people with machetes, and realistically. <laughs> You didn't used to hear this sort of thing. What's behind, what's behind that? Is that something that's basically that's, designed to be yes. more personal in the attack? Uh, you know, it's something I don't know about, but you know, it's 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 more brutal. It's, mm -hmm. it's not it's not you know it's when you're ha hacking at somebody with a, a blade that's you know. 16 inches long. Right. Uh, think about that. Think it, 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 it probably is meant to be as intimidating as it is, uh, you know, as a weapon of choice. I mean, you, you know, you have these brutal, brutal mutilations where they're hacking body parts off, um, arms, legs, heads. I, I would think that, that that's done for a reason, to, you know, it's in, in, to intimidate their, their, you know, Whoever they're trying to intimidate. Mm. Is there any idea of how big MS-13 is? Uh, nationally? Yes. You know, I, I don't have the numbers uh, off the, offhand. I would only believe that it has to be in hundreds of thousands. And typically, how old are the members of this, this gang? Well, they, from... My understanding, they're, they, you know, they start young and, and as young as, you know, 10, 11 years old, they, they get these ch children involved. And, they, you know, and then time comes and, you know, most of them are in their teens and early 20s. It, it, uh, but it, they've been known, you know, to stay in the gang into their 30s. 
you know, they, they also happen to die a lot because of their, they're involved in that, in that lifestyle, you know, that, uh, they don't, they don't last long. Mm. And why is human trafficking such a big business for MS-13? Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's prostitution, it's money, it's, it's, you know, the world's oldest profession. It's something that, uh, you know, they, they're gonna, they're gonna make money, you know, money in. It's, it's everything, you know, everything with gangs is, you know, besides the violence is based around making, making money, you know, so it's just, it just falls in line with what they, you know, what they stand for. The natural thoughts as well, James, is what is it that the Nassau PBA is doing about MS-13 on Long Island? We represent the police we, we, you know, we try and work with the department. We, we don't make the decisions for the, the Nassau County Police Department. That is made by the administration. Mm-hmm. But we, we try to work with the police department and the administration as much as possible. Uh, we, you know, we uh, use whatever influence we have uh, to influence politicians, influence the, the, the administration uh, to, get, to get us the best equipment, the best technology. We do whatever we can to, to get our guys put in a position that they are, you know, they're you know, best suited and ready, most ready to, to deal with these, uh, you know, these troubles, well, these you, issues. You've got to be concerned about your members' safety uh, first. Of yeah, well, that's ex- yeah. that's exactly what we're concerned with. That's 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 what we do. Mm. In a nutshell, civilians who are concerned, is there anything that they can do about the issue? You know what it is. It, Police officers can do so much. You know what? Any good police officer uh, always had, you know, people in the, in the uh, public that would come to them and tell them, you know, what's going on in the, in the community. Uh, it's, it takes, you know, very brave persons to get involved, but there's, you know, situations where you can be, you know, remain anonymous, come forward, and, and tell the police officers, of, you know, the police department of anything and everything that's going on. You know, we, we just visit these areas as much as we are patrolling the streets. We don't live in the communities. So there's only so much information we can get without involvement from the community. The community, if they, if you know of, of anything that's, um, any wrongdoing, contact the police. If you, if you sense there's something going on wrong, you're usually right. Contact the police. We, 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 you know, we don't work in a bubble. We work with the, you know, with the community, and and they they help us more often than you ever, you know, you can believe, and get you know solving solving crimes. Well, that's a good question. I want to ask you is, do people come forward with information these days? You know, because very often we'll hear people say they don't want to be involved or they don't want to get involved because they're fearing for their own safety. Of co- of course, and especially you know, especially with gangs like. Like and you know MS-13 because and, and you know we were talking about the machete earlier maybe that it's for that reason to intimidate to intimidate people into coming coming forward because they don't want to be they don't want to be that person 
you know, of that, that victim. Uh, but, but you know what? We, we try and work. The police department tries to work. Several government tries to work with, with these with people that will come forward with information to keep, to keep you anonymous uh, and, get, you know, get you, uh, keep you as anonymous and out of it as earthly possible. You can come forward and give us information, and uh, you know we'll we'll do whatever we have to do to, to protect you from that that point. And with MS13 members, are they identifiable in a certain fashion? I mean, are the particular colors they're wearing, dress. And sure, tattoo tattoos are one of the the big things with the with MS13. That most of these guys are all linked up and. And they have, uh, you know, uh, gang symbols and get, and, and it'll, it'll, they'll have MS-13 symbols on their, on their bodies. So, yeah, they are definitely identifiable. And that sort of thing is used to identify themselves, but I'm assuming it also is used to send a message. Again, again, it's that uh, like you were talking about. It's that whole fear that uh, you know that they're putting out there, to, you know, to be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at you look at these people and uh, they're, they're tattooed from head to toe, and you know, and wear you know gang gang colors, and you know, the, it's an intimidating it's an intimidating look, and it's, it's certainly designed to intimidate people. And then the other aspect of that thought is those colors, the tattoos, also can be part of that whole recruitment process. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, young kids are are easily influenced. You know, they, they see stuff, and you know, I want to I want to be a part of that. I don't I don't know why anybody in the world would ever want to be a part of a, uh, a violent gang. But when you you know, I didn't grow up. Uh, you know, streets of uh, certain areas where that's that's all you have. I mean, uh, that that's to, to them. I, I I gather it could, it could become a family. You know, that's that's all, what I've heard. That uh, you know, to belong to something. You know, I I grew up belonging to a family, uh, a group of friends. So I played sporting t- teams. Uh, I was they became like a family. You know, family to you. But uh, you know, you grow, grow up in a in a, a bad neighborhood, you, you, you don't have much. You don't have all these things, and it's easy to fall victim to this. Mm. And that motto of kill, kill, rape, control. I mean, that's a heck of a motto for any organization. Like I said, <laughs> like like the president said, they're animals. You know, you you that's your you know your motto. Think, think about that. When everybody's worrying about, you know, you know the, but you know these people are here legally or illegally. They here, and they're 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 violent as excuse me, I don't know what to say, but violent is all hell. And you don't think twice about killing people. And and they're tell, they're coming out and they're, they're telling you what they're about. And and you know. Unfortunately, you have to fight fire with fire, and you know what? I, I know that in this day and age, that upsets upsets people, but that that's how it is. Clearly referred to as the most dangerous gang in the world, 
And I guess that's an appropriate title. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, and uh, you know what? We again, uh, it would be nice that somehow we, you know, this trend would reverse with with the police department trust trust the police, you know, have more trust in the police department and less rhetoric and less belief that you know that police officers are out there trying to hurt people because it was certainly was certainly not you know there was a time there where it had a you know it was it was saying that police officers wake up in the morning thinking about killing a minority it's like that's the craziest thing i ever heard you know in the world you know uh, nobody nobody wake no no police officers wake up in the morning and think about killing anyone the last thing in the world they want to do is kill somebody but you know uh you know, you, you put this out there, this nonsense, and people buy into it. Uh, I see just yesterday, or um, there was a news article about uh, Starbucks, where the Starbucks asked police officers that were in there to leave because one of the patrons were, didn't feel safe because police officers were in Starbucks. I, I could be any, you know, I, anywhere. I, I couldn't be any further from the truth. I mean, you are protected. The police officers are there to protect you. I, I mean, I don't know, what, you know, what the world's thinking right now, but we're there to protect you. You know, because because we're carrying a firearm and that's offensive to you. I, you know, what do you, what do you think these MS-13 people are carrying? You know, I don't, I don't know what they want us to hit them with. You know, you know, a water balloon. <laughs> I don't know. James McDermott, who is president of the Nassau County PBA, is our guest this hour of our program on the fan. We're going to take a pause in our discussion, come back, talk more with you. 7.40 is our time, and uh, Mr. Minko has our look around the sporting world this Sunday morning. New York. It's Sunday morning on the fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. It is Ed Randall who's along after that 9 o'clock update this Sunday morning. And we are in a discussion with uh, James McDermott, who is president of the Nassau County PBA. He is our guest this hour of our program on the fan. What I said we'd do, too, um, is to include some thoughts from some of the folks who are listening to us. I want to get into in just a moment talking about a situation with uh, um, police officers literally being used as crossing guards in Nassau County. And I know, James, you have some very uh, strong thoughts in that regard, but... Let's see if we can do a uh, call from somebody who I believe is on point with something that you've raised as a point in our discussion. Our number here at the fan is 877-337-6666. Let's go to Christina in Delray Beach. Christina, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning. Um, no, thank you. Um, thank you for taking my call. I'm originally from the Bronx. Um, I am Delray Beach now. I do have family that live in Westbury, so I do visit the in Nassau County. Now, I, I do listen to the fan all the time. I respect the gentleman that you have on today and his views. Um, however, I will say that sometimes I think we take it a little too extreme. I have researched MS-13. They're literally 1% of the U.S. population of gangs. The reason most, most of them use machetes is because we're, we're we, in Caribbean islands, Central American islands, we crop field, and that's what the, the tool that we're most used to, accustomed to to use. And that sometimes, that can be perpetrated as, they're, they're, I know they're brutal. I'm not saying that MS-13 is a, a gang that sits here and they're happy and everything like that, but when Chicago and all the wars in Chicago was happening over liquor and bootlegging, they didn't kick out millions of Italians and call them all 
psychos and killers because of, of this. You know, since since Hillary, and I'm not even a Democrat, but since Hillary went down and tried to do whatever she did in Honduras in 2009, these, these things have been coming up and happening. Obama didn't solve it. Clinton is, immigration is a bad, is a bad issue. Violence in, 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 in Nassau County is a bad issue. But you have Hell's Angels. You have plenty of gangs throughout history that have brutalized groups of people. And, and also, I just want you to note that people don't actually think cops go out to, to shoot and murder brown and black people. I think that we don't realize how inherent and how many microcosms are in this world that, that subconsciously, even black people wake up hating other black people subconsciously because of how we live in this society today. I don't agree with the president, but I don't agree. I also don't agree with that everything, everybody can't be brushed with the same stroke of, of shade. People who are in cages right now, children, I'm sorry, you cannot tell that they're going to be an MS-13 game. They're trying to actually flee from that. They don't want to be a part of that. They don't see any um, uh, actual, you know, life in that type of system. These are, yes, these are brutal people, but gangs usually are brutal people. Gangs usually kill other people for no reason but profitability. There are plenty of people that are being trafficked and shipped right now that are from Russia, that are from Iranian, Serbia, you know, from Western Europe. So I get what you're saying, sir, and I appreciate you coming on today and making this, making this statement because I don't think that the police in Nashville County, there is a lot more things that they need to do than being crossing guards. I believe that high, highly. But I just want people to really, really consider that when you brush a group of people with one stroke, you throw in people in there that are not involved in any of this stuff. And just, just, be, just remember what the size of the gang you're talking about. There are other gangs out there that are way more brutal and way more harmful to our communities than, the, than MS-13 that we have to fight. And also, just, just, to, just to put on, working-class people, cops, firefighters, we're getting screwed by this government. Don't be blind to the fact that people are not there for you. The government is not being there for you, taking care of you, and giving you the functions that you need in the society to make the society work. All right, so Christina, Christina, that these Christina, be- Christina yeah, pause, yeah, pause, pause, okay? Breathe, breathe. <laughs> Breathe. No, I, I'm breathing. I just, breathe. I've been breathing okay. for the whole time, and I just, okay. I'm not going to be. Upset, hang, hang on, but, I, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking. First of all, okay. So calm, calm down. No, breathe, breathe. I'm calm. Okay. I'm calm. We appreciate. I appreciate that you've hit a She's whole. Passionate. You've hit a whole lot of points. I appreciate Sorry. that. Thank you for your call this morning. All right, um, James. Would you like to respond at all? Well, I, I don't disagree with anything that she said. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope she did, does, uh, doesn't think that what I was saying. Uh, uh, was against the whole uh, El Salvadorian community. I think they're the ones being victimized the most, like I spoke about earlier. You're getting young young boys uh, that are being brought brought in at very, very young ages and saying, listen, you're going to join the gang or we're going to kill you. That's a, they, They're victimized. Uh, they, and, and it's their community that's getting victimized most by by um, MS-13. And, and, and listen, we, we, we just spoke about MS-13 today. She's brought up Hell's Angels. You know, listen, <laughs> they're, they're a concern of the police department just as well. Uh, you know, we, we unfortunately have to fight on, on, you know, many different fronts. And I, I totally agree with her with a, a lot of things she said. She's a very emotional person, you know, and uh, I, I, I appreciate that she understands what we do and, you know, that we're out there. But I hope she doesn't think that we're, you know, I'm painting a, pic- a bad picture of the of that community. You know, 
I'm not. That's not, that's not what I was trying to do. I was uh, speaking of the gang. Okay, now let's shift into this area that I mentioned, and actually she mentioned it as well. The situation where there's apparently a crossing guard shortage in Nassau yep. County, as I understand. Okay, what exactly is happening? Well, you know what? It's it's a situation uh, between another union and the county, and mm-hmm. uh, the county executive or current she, re- you know, refuses to hire full time crossing guards, and you know, full time crossing guards get health benefits uh, as opposed to the part timers who don't. And what what happened was it was a very desirable job when you you hire full time people because you, because of the health benefit package, so, and uh, once you, you tried to hire guards and not give them that package. Nobody really wanted the job. And what the fallback plan of the police commissioner was uh, was to backfill those those spots, those mandatory spots that you have to put, put on a crossing with police officers, which is a very bad idea. Because uh, what happens and what has happened, uh, you have you know we have over 20 crossings in one precinct that have to be manned. And, you're, you ha- and you only have 20 cars, police cars, to, to handle it. So all the cars go out on crossing for a period, of, you know, a period of time in the morning and then in the afternoon. Wait a minute. you got to be kidding me. No, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Uh, you know, we, we did a press conference on this because, because of the danger of it. I mean, we were trying to, trying to speak to the commissioner about this, and you know what? He didn't fix it. And uh, finally, after we did a, a press, press conference, they, they've addressed it, not to the likings of, of mine, because, you know, in the mornings they're, they're holding people over from the night tour to, to do the crossing. But in the afternoon, they're taking people out of specialized units to, to handle, it, handle it. It's, it's, it's at a crisis point right now. Uh, you know, he, they have to fix it. They, they're, you know, they're dawdling right now. And you have police officers that are, you know, handling, handling uh, uh crossings when they should be doing their, you know, specialized jobs. I mean, if you, you took them on patrol to work these specialized units to put them back on, on, on school crossings, it's, it's ridiculous. Does this actually happen in other places as well besides you know what? I, Nassau County? I don't know that it happened anywhere else. If, they, if they, it happened somewhere else, it's, then they're mismanaging wherever that, that happened. You know, I, 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 I can just be concerned about what's happening in front of me and to my members. Say, say you have a, and we did did have this in, in multiple times th- throughout the year, the school year, where you had p- police officers covering like 18 crossings out of 20, 20 car, uh, cars that are available. So you have two cars available for calls. Say they're, they're rolling around in a life and death struggle with somebody, and they're calling for assistance. Their assistance, they can't, these police officers can't leave their foot post. Because got the bit they left. The, I mean, the, uh, the crossing. If they left the crossing and a child was struck, you know, that, that, that's you know, they they they're bound to those crossings. So what happens is your your assistance has to come from a neighboring precinct. And that, and you know, when you're in a life death struggle, seconds matter. Now you're you're making a response time for assistance. Uh, you know, minutes. And you know what? And also for the nine eleven calls, when you're calling for for assistance, you need. You need other offices because you're, you're giving somebody CPR. You got to get them to the hospital. You get, you know, whatever it is, your response time is through the roof. It, it's mismanagement at its highest point. What exactly does a crossing guard do? 
Of course, just it's that easy, and, I, and that's another thing. What a waste of resource. What we were talking about, uh, you know, what what a police officer has to go through to become a police officer on the street, and all the you know the uh, days of training, months and months of training and field training, and all you got to do is cross a child across the street. Yeah. Put on a tra- traffic vest, put your hands up in the air, and you know, work work at the light the best that you can. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it you're 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 taking police officers with all this training, and you're you're having them do this. It's a, it's it's a total waste of manpower. I mean, you're, police are supposed to be patrolling, and, and like you were, we were talking about earlier, working with the community, trying to solve crimes. To, you know, uh, you know. Tr- Riding around, giving people comfort that the police officers are patrolling their area. They're not patrolling when they're when they're stuck on crossings. What about um, auxiliary police officers? Are they used? Can they be used? No, no. And and you know what? Auxiliary police officers are, are uh, you know, they're a whole different being. Uh, and then you know, as far as using them, they they, they really are restricted from using them. In a, in a situation like this, the county the county has to figure out the situation with with the hiring of the police officers, make the job more attractive to the you know to the, the would be cre- uh, you know uh, crossing guard. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's an awful lot, and it's happening. Yes, I, I could talk about this all day, unfortunately, <laughs> James. But they, but the the administration and the county executives really dropped the ball on this, and the, you know, and it's been going on too long. James McDermott, who is president of the Nassau County Police Benevolent Association, our guest in this hour of our program on the fan. You've covered an awful lot here. Thank you very much for being kind with your time and sharing the information that you have. And I do appreciate the uh, update that you have provided to us. Um, Can you just give the contact information again for the Nassau County PBA? Uh, Nassau County, uh, I'm sorry, NassauPBA.org and uh, free. our PBA office is 516-294-6230. James, thank you very much for joining us and for being so with your time this morning, too. Certainly good luck, Can you and be thank safe. You. Thank you so much. Take care now. Mr. Minko has our top-of-the-hour look around the sporting world. Then, Mr. Minko. Well, yep. <laughs> it is Sunday morning, isn't it? It certainly is. It still is, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I just had to check there. You know, I've had an eventful morning. Yes, you have. <laughs> I've never seen you this happy in a long time. <laughs> that's a that's a good sign. You know, it must be because you're here. Man. Oh. That's only one of the reasons. Here's a second. High chair. <laughs> High chair. Third. Yeah. In the control room right now. Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Yeah. And then a fourth reason, oh. and highly appropriate in that cleanup position in the batting order, Ed Randall will be along, talking baseball. And you know that you enjoy that as much as I do. So the Ed heads. <laughs> After 9 o'clock this Sunday morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.